Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning and welcome to the word at my church. I'm Pastor Tuck, and if this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you this morning. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the moments, Father God, Lord, that we're allowed to spend with you. And Father God, Lord, we come, Lord, to spend time in your presence. Father God, Lord, to hear from heaven. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would move me out of the way, Lord, that I would not be a hindrance, Lord, to those who are hearing. Father God, Lord, that they would not see me, but Lord, see you. Lord, they would not hear me, but hear you. Utilize, Lord, my tongue, Lord, my mind, Lord, my spirit. Father God, Lord, to just use as a tool of your choosing. Father God, Lord, to speak through me, Lord. Just use me as your vessel, as an oracle of you, of you, Father God, Lord, that they would, Lord, hear directly from heaven. Father God, download insight, foresight, and revelation. Father God, Lord, that our lives may be transformed. Lord, that we may become, Lord, that which you have always intended. Father God, Lord, that we would walk out, Lord, your purpose here on the earth. And Father God, Lord, that this earth, Father God, this environment, Father God, every place, Lord, that our feet shall tread upon, Lord, shall become more like what you have designed it to be. Father God, Lord, that your will would be done on earth as it is, as it is in heaven. Father God, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that your word declares, Lord, anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted, Lord. So open the minds, Father God, Lord, of our understanding, of the ears of our hearing. Father God, Lord, the eyes, Lord, of our perception. Father God, Lord, that we may be transformed into that which we receive today. And we thank you, Lord. We bind every contrary spirit every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder this word from going forth. Lord, we declare that there are no technical infirmities, Father God, Lord, no no technical demons, Father God, Lord, that would come and to hinder, Father God, this word from going forth on all of these platforms, Father God, Lord, that you have made us a steward of and given us access to. And we thank you, Lord, that, Father God, Lord, it is multiplying. You are multiplying our reach, Father God, Lord, for your purpose of spreading your gospel. And we thank you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, before I even get started, I just want to take a quick moment to acknowledge and thank uh, my, 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 my brothers, my, my covenant partners, I mean, my friends, uh, Pastor Jason Earls of North Garland Baptist Fellowship in, in Garland, Texas, and Dr. T. Leon Williams of Beloved Community Church down in Charlotte, North Carolina, for standing in for me, 
giving me some time as I was recovering from some procedures on my back. You know, I'm still in that process of recovery. But I, the the just just the fact that I have faithful men who are who who I know I can entrust with the word of God to stand in my steed when I need them to. It's always such a pleasure that God has given me such a great fellowship of men and women of God around me to help stand and support me in this work of the ministry that Pastor Stephanie and I have. And so I thank God for them. And I just want to take a minute to just publicly because they did an absolutely phenomenal job. God did a great job through them and setting up where we were going. And when I sat back, I mean, I didn't have to tell him what to preach. God did this because I was like, where we were going in the spirit, the things that God was saying to me, he was speaking through them. And I, I mean, I was so excited watching the word with you guys. And so I was like, oh man, this is going to be powerful where we're going. So much so that over the past couple of weeks, I've been meditating and in this word and this revelation, God's been putting in my spirit. I'll, I'll give you a little insight, a little backstory. I said that, you know, into my process, I'm a very articulate, very uh, uh, meticulous preparer for God's word because I, I take this call on my life very seriously. And so each week, my sermon notes are probably anywhere between, you know, 15 and 18 pages typed of, of sermon notes. And you know, in preparing for this this week, I had about 55 pages of notes. So just to let you know, we're not going to get through all of that today. I had to break this thing down. So so but but I'm so excited of where we're going in this particular this this particular direction, because God God was just speaking to me about this. And this is going to be truly life changing. So I'm telling you now, you you won't really want to lock in to this where we're going. I'm telling you, this is this is going to be life changing for the body of Christ if we get this revelation. And so I'm so excited. But if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And for the past few months, we've been talking about the process of restoration you know, we've been dealing with the things that are necessary in order to experience what God desires for us. We've been talking about shifting our focus, our way of thinking, our way of speaking, all of the preparation necessary to go through that restoration process. And I know some of you are still wondering why are we spending so much time talking about this? Well, I told you on the last time I was with you, it's because God doesn't want you to miss out on what he's trying to do in your life. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me once again to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And when you get there, look at verse 18. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning at verse 18. And I'm reading this from the New, New International Version of the Bible. And here it reads, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Here God says, I'm doing something different, but if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. I told you before, when God's preparing us for a season of transition, it's important that we do not become so focused on what's behind us, that we miss out on what God has placed before us. Because contrary to popular opinion, restoration does not mean taking us backwards or just giving us something old. I told you the dictionary defines the word restore as to return to a person a specific thing which was lost 
or which was taken from them and unjustly detained to replace or to return a person or thing to a former condition to bring back or recover from lapse, degeneracy, declination, or ruin to its former state to heal, to recover from disease, to repair, to rebuild, to revive, to resuscitate, to bring back to life, to return or bring back after absence, to renew, to reestablish after interruption, to recover or renew. It suggests improvement, something higher, something better, better than what we've had before. And as Dr. Williams so eloquently stated on last time, in order to be restored, we must first acknowledge our brokenness, our need to be restored. Because the Bible declares that the glory of the latter house shall be greater of that of the former. So where God is trying to taking us is far greater than anything we've ever experienced. Oh, I need y'all to get that in your spirit. Where God is trying to take us is far greater than anything we've ever experienced. I think I told you last time when we talked about this, that when the children of Israel, when he was trying to take them to the promised land, they had never known anything like where he was taking them to. But he was trying to restore them to their rightful place. See, because when he speaks of restoration, he's referring to the original state of his will for us. And in the case of the church, he means prior to the fall, which was perfect. So we must first get rid of the attitude of complacency. See, we, 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 we've got to get rid of that attitude of just settling for what we've always had. Settling for good enough. And that's why we've been spending so much time dealing with restoring our mind, our will, our emotion, our speech, and our perspective. Because regardless of which definition you choose, one thing that is essential to the restorative or restoration process is that you must have some concept of the original state of that which is being restored. But there is actually something even more critical to the process. And that is you must have a firm foundation. For example, if you're going to restore a classic car to its original condition, you can have all of the factory specifications for the vehicle and have purchased all the original parts. But if the body is deteriorated, totally rusted out, then restoration becomes futile. It's the same when restoring a historic building. If the foundation is not secure, any attempt to build will be fruitless. And there are spiritual materials necessary to secure our foundation. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Or we're going to start talking about these this morning. And those are the fundamental principles of the church. Is that all right? Because if we're going to experience the restoration that God intended for us, we must have a firm foundation. Turn over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And when you get there, look at verse 13. 
Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. And it's in this set of scriptures that God gave me the foundational scripture for our ministry when he relaunched and gave me a new vision for where we were going. And each day almost it seems like he's unfolding more and more of what he was trying to show me in this. But Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. Here he says, and this is Jesus, Jesus talking, says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say, thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You might want to highlight that in your Bible. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's a very important statement that you need to understand, you need to grasp, you need to get in your spirit. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, he says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. That word blessed means empowered to succeed. So in other words, now you have everything necessary to be successful. Why? He said, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, you have everything necessary to be successful because you have now received revelation from heaven. This revelation has now given you everything necessary to be successful. He says, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock. That word rock there he's referring to, he's talking about the revelation. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we see that the church was established on the revelation of Jesus's identity as the son of the living God. And why is that so significant? Because sons have the characteristics of the father. Oh, I need you to take it in for a second. Because sons have the characteristics of the father. So the church was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. Okay, pastor, we know that. So what's the big deal? Well, when the Pharisees questioned him about this very subject, he said, well, isn't that who God says you are? 
As a matter of fact, go over to John chapter 10. Or we getting ready to go somewhere. John chapter 10. And when you get there, look at verse 30. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 30. And here it says, Jesus says, I and my father are one. It says, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works have I shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work, we stone thee not. But for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, maketh thyself God. Mm. Jesus answered them, isn't it written in your law? I said, ye are gods. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the father had sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the son of God. See, in order to be restored, to that place of greater influence and impact that God intended, we must grasp the foundational principle of kingdom identity. The fact that we are who he said, who he is. Oh, let me give you that to you again. In order to be restored to that place of greater impact, and influence that God intended, we must grasp the foundational principle of kingdom identity, the fact that we are who he is. Or let me help you see this. The Bible says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Amplified Bible says it this way. He raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Hmm. First of all, he said he made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere. By virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, you do remember what Peter said. Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. So if now by virtue of our being in Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, then that means we are sons. And when he raised us up, he made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him. Well, where exactly is Christ seated? At the right hand of the father. 
So if we have joint seating with him, that means that we are also seated next to the father. Well, my wife, Pastor Stephanie, bless her heart, likes to watch a lot of those documentaries and Elizabethan dramas about old kingdoms and monarchies. And one of the things I've noticed is that the only people who are allowed to sit on thrones in a kingdom are royals. Oh, you better catch this. You better catch this. I said the only people who are seated on thrones in a kingdom are royals. And the Bible says we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That means we are a part of the royal family. Somebody type in the comments, type in the chat, send a message to a friend, just tell them I'm royalty. Yeah, yeah. Because if you recall, the scripture refers to Jesus as the king of kings. Well, it can't be talking about the kings of the earth because they have no reverence for him. They believe they are sovereign. So it must be talking about us. Now watch this. He said, upon this rock, the revelation that I, being the son of the living God, have the same characteristics of my father, I will build my church. So the church shall be established on the foundational principle of kingdom identity. Can I prove it to you? Go over to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. And when you get there, look at verse 12. The Gospel of John chapter 1 beginning at verse 12. And here it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So simply by receiving Christ, by putting my faith in who he is, he gave me the right to become just like him because that's what he wanted. Now, I know some of you think, Pastor, uh, he, 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 you're really stretching me right now. But the question is, is it really a stretch? Because doesn't the Bible say in Genesis that we were originally created in the image and the likeness of God? Well, what Jesus actually came to the earth to do was to restore us, to buff out some of those rusted parts and replace that dead, broken down spirit with the factory original. See, the problem is the church as a whole 
as the institution, as the body has been broken in such a state of disrepair for so long that it thinks it's just a place that we go. It's an activity that we do on Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings, a building or an assembly. But the word church in the original Greek is the word ecclesia. It means called out. And it's not a religious term. It's a political term, a governmental term. That means cabinet, governing council or assembly whose purpose is to establish policy and set standards. In other words, the church is the governing agency of the kingdom that God intended to influence and impact the earth. So the king's cabinet, the body that he established to rule the earth. Remember at creation, he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Somebody type sounds like influence and impact to me. Well, if that's the case, he said the very bedrock that the king's cabinet rests upon is the foundational principle of kingdom identity. The fact that we are who he is. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And what rock is that again? That thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Which means if the church, if we as the church ever grasp this concept, we will be unstoppable. Because there's nothing the enemy can do to stop us from going in and taking over. See, because contrary to popular opinion, the gates of hell are not trying to lock us up. They are a defense mechanism. It's what the enemy puts in place to try and secure the territory that he's taken. But his defenses are useless against the church's influence and impact. Because as the king's cabinet... As his representation in the earth, he has given us the ability to now go and make an offensive attack against the enemy, what the enemy has taken captive. Watch this. Isn't that what Jesus said when he came into the temple? Turn over to Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Oh, I told you we're going somewhere today. And I'm telling you, this is just a setup. This is just the beginning. Luke chapter four. Beginning at verse 18. I feel like Jesus, I have much to say to you, but you're not ready right now. God told me I had to slow walk this thing because I have to make sure you grasp this because if we actually grasp this, 
We are about to literally take over the world. Luke chapter four, look at verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh my God. Jesus said, my assignment is to preach the gospel, to declare the good news of the Lord. The fact that Jesus came to restore you. You don't have to stay in the condition that you're in. God made a way back. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care what you've done wrong. You can get back home. God loves you so much that he gave up his son to make sure you had a pathway back to him. I don't care what lie the enemy has told you. I don't care what he's done to you. Jesus said, my assignment is to let you know you can get back. God came to restore you to your rightful place. He said to heal the brokenhearted. He said, we have the ability with the spirit of God and the word of God to comfort those who are broken. We have the words of reconciliation. We have the words of comfort. He said to proclaim freedom to the captives. He said to declare to them they don't have to stay in bondage. They've got a choice. To recover sight to the blind. We have the ability to show people who cannot see their way out the way out because we are the light of the world. He said to release the oppressed. We have the ability to set captives free. And to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. He said that now is the time to make a decision for Christ. And we as believers have the same assignment that he has. See, because the church, the king's cabinet has been established on the principle that we are the same as he is. As a matter of fact, the Bible says as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So God expects the church to be doing the work of restoration because we have the same authority that Jesus has. But the reason why the church is struggling is because we don't understand the fundamental principle of kingdom identity. See, as kingdom citizens, our purpose here on earth is to make an impact. In the world for Christ. And the Bible tells us that the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting for to see somebody who has the very characteristics of God in the earth. They're looking for somebody who can do the things that Jesus did. To carry out his assignment in the earth. And he has equipped us to do even greater works. He said, those who believe in me will not only do what I did, but they'll do greater. But in order to be restored to our original condition that God created us, we must 
sure up our foundation. We must grasp the foundational principle of kingdom identity. Because as joint heirs with Christ, we are part of the royal family. With the same power and authority that Jesus had. Because we were created in his image and likeness. So we possess the same attributes. Which means we are just like Christ. And we can do what he did and more. I told you he said if we believe in him. The work he does. We will do also. And greater works than these will do. He said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But, at, but before you will ever walk out any of that, before you can accomplish any of that, you've got to know who you are. You've got to recognize that I'm a son of the living God created in his image and in his likeness to have dominion. I have the authority to dominate in this earth. Oh, I need you to hear it. I am a king. I'm not the king, but I am a king because Jesus is the king of kings. And as a king, I have been given the same power and authority to operate on his behalf here in the earth. I'm supposed to be taking territory. And so I've got to learn how kings operate. But I first got to recognize who I am. See, that's a foundational principle of the church. We still don't know who we are. We're like Mephibosheth. We have a right to sit at the king's table. And we're acting like we're dead dogs. Why would the king want a dead dog like me in his presence? See, because we're so caught up in what happened to us. What we've done in our past, where we've come from. That we don't realize that what the king has given you. The favor that he's shown you has nothing to do with you. He's trying to restore you to your rightful place. See, I always thought that was an amazing story. He went and found Mephibosheth down in Lodabar in the low country. He said, go find him and bring him here. See, he was a descendant of the royal family. 
and he was living in shame because of something somebody else had done. It wasn't even his fault. Watch this. You've been living in sin because of something somebody did before you. The Bible says all of us were born sinners because of what Adam did. And since that time, you've been living in Lodabar. You've been living beneath your privilege. And so he sent Jesus to say, I want to show you favor. I want to restore you to your rightful place because of what Jesus did. He said, from now on, you will sit at the king's table. And you're still looking at yourself like a dead dog. He said, why, why, are you, why do you even want to, why, why would he want a dead dog like me? Because he didn't understand the concept of kingdom identity. But if you recall when he brought him there, he gave him a staff, people who would serve him, so that he could learn to operate like a king. So he could learn to operate like a royal. See, you've got to understand who you are. And once you do, you'll be able to start to execute and walk out the command and call that God has placed on your life as part of his cabinet. But you've got to get your kingdom identity. Oh, I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. I need you to meditate on it. I need to get this because I'm telling you, this next installment of this series is going to take you it's going to absolutely blow your mind. Oh, I'm so, I wish I had time to preach it all in once because I mean, but I, I, it'd be like drinking from a fire hose. I'd drown you with this. I have preached this message, the entirety of this message, at least four times to my wife this week. She probably could preach it now herself. Because I've, it's, been, it's been brewing in me so long. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about where God is taking the church. Stop looking at the news. Stop paying attention to what's going on. This is the time God is going to restore the church to the place of greater influence and impact. And you are a part of the church, the ecclesia, God's cabinet with an assignment to change the world. And so if you're watching this today, you're like, man, this sounds amazing. But Pastor, I'm not a part of the church. I don't mean where you go to church. I want to know, are you a part of the body of Christ? Have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you haven't, this is your opportunity today because guess what? I can introduce you to him. I sit beside him every day in the throne room of heaven. We tight like this. He wants to be tight with you. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, you could be saved. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of their sin is death. But God loves you so much, he didn't want you to die in that condition. He wanted you to be restored to your rightful place. The way he created you in his image and in his likeness. 
So he sent his only begotten son to die on your behalf, to pay that price so that you could be restored, to give you the right to become sons. The Bible says all who would receive him, he gave the right to become sons. So if you want to become a son, all you got to do is believe. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be willing to make him your Lord. Give him permission to make your every decision to lead your life. You got to submit your life to him. And if you're willing to do that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill, my, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. I believe God loved me so much he did not want me to stay in his condition. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision to be the Lord of my life. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers. There's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church, one with that will help disciple you, help teach you how to live this life as a child of God, how to go from being just a child into a place of maturity as a son by learning his word. See, because there is a difference, because the Bible tells us that a child, even though he's an heir, he owns everything. He's no different than a slave. He can't Because if you're not mature enough to understand what you have a right to, what you're entitled to, and how to operate in it, he said your life will look no different. So it's important to become discipled. So you need to be connected somewhere. And we would love to have you here at my church. So if you want to be a part of what we're doing here, if you receive Christ today, follow the instructions on the screen. Visit our website at www.lovemychurch.org. Click Contact Us. Fill out a connection card. One of our ministers will follow up with you to give you some information about next steps in your walk with Christ, how to connect with us here, how to become a part of one of our discipleship groups, how, how to get information from us, how to see all of our ministries. We're totally virtual ministry, but we have everything available for you. We have all of the tools help to shape your life, to help you walk this life out. And so if you desire that today, just let us know exactly what it is that you need, and we'll be glad to help you in your walk. Secondly, if you've been watching this message, you've been blessed by what we do here at my church, and you want to be a part, you want to help partner with us, you want to help us support what, getting the gospel around the world, click the donate button, sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app or just go to our website, click the sow a seed and all of those giving platforms are right there on our website. But just know we've got a mandate to spread the gospel all around the world. And that's, that's not a small mandate. God called us and instructed us to start a faith-based streaming network. That's not a small endeavor. You're now being able to watch us on just about every platform there is, Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. We have apps available on the Apple and the uh, Android platform, phones and tablets, PCs. And that's a major undertaking. If you want to help support us in those endeavors, then you've got all of the given information to partner with us. Help us do exactly what God's called us to do 
and make sure that there is solid Christian-based content, faith-based content out here to help believers walk out and become the believers that God desires them to, to be equip you to do all that God's called you to do. We just want to help you grow and to be the believer that God's called you to do. All of that information is available. You can download the My Church channel for on your Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, or you can get the My Church on the Go app on your favorite mobile device. But I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. We've got all kinds of content. We've got our men's ministry, our women's ministry, our marriage ministry. We've got substance abuse ministry. We've got talk shows that will bless your life, make you laugh, make you think, help enrich you. But I'm telling you, we, we, we've put something together that we just want to be a blessing unto the body. Go out and check it out. Tell all your, family, all your family and friends about it. Help us spread that word. But God bless you today. We love you. I'm Pastor Tuck. I'll see you again on next time. Stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you. And thanks for watching the word at my church. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.